0: Ba, ba, ba. Ah, da, 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 da. Okay. <laughs> hey there Sandies. Welcome to Sand, a podcast about Dune. Uh where in we discuss no okay. <laughs> <laughs> Should I give a little tagline?
1: sure, you can. I mean it's ca- okay. s- it's called Sand a podcast about Dune, kind of self contained description.
0: It's <laughs> <Okay. laughs> probably enough. All right, fine. Okay.
2: A beginning is a
1: very delicate time. Know then that it is the year 10,191. In this time, the most precious substance in the universe is the spice melange. The spice extends life. The spice exists on only one planet in the entire
2: universe. The planet is Arrakis, also known as Dune.
1: Son, a podcast about Dune.
0: Andies, welcome to Sand, a podcast about Dune. I'm your host Molly, and I'm here as always with my co-host Lance. Hello Lance.
1: Hello Molly. The way you say that makes it sound like I'm I'm like the you know, the one in the chair. You're behind the desk. I'm the one in the chair. Like Andy Richter <laughs> yeah, is the co-host. I'm Jay Leno. But <laughs> yeah. Conan O'Brien's the host. <laughs> yeah, you're Jay yeah. Leno. Wait. That's he doesn't even have a co-host. He has a band leader.
0: All right, well, we figured it all out. Uh, yes, you're my Andy Richter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and for the <laughs> for the listeners, we just cut out about 20 minutes of us talking about different co-hosts. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and, and, and there are various, uh, yeah. Well, hey, cut that too. All right, we're gonna get back in the swing of things. <laughs> we're just easing in. It's icy cold out there today. I'm back in radio host mode. Yeah. And uh, so we're, we're warming up.
1: It is icy cold, uh, unseasonably cold for Austin. I mean, it's seasonably cold because it's winter, and that's the right <laughs> season winter. for it to be cold. <laughs> but it's, un- it's, uh, it's, it's, it's colder than it normally is in Austin.
0: Yeah, we're all shocked. Cold snap is an appropriate term.
1: That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. But we're here to talk about a much warmer climate. Yes. The climate of Arrakis.
0: <laughs> Arid.
1: But first let's let's should we get into some movie talk? Do we ever be, oh, yeah. do have we even mentioned we're gonna be talking about Children of Dune. We're starting Children oh, of right. Dune.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, this is our first episode of season three. We're gonna be covering episodes one through four. Oops, chapters one <laughs> through four. And I'm excited to dive in.
1: I am too. I am too. I think since we've been gone it was released that Warner Brothers is releasing uh, most of their movies simultaneously mm-hmm. in the theater and on HBO Max. And one of those movies is Dune, the, the Denis Villeneuve uh, version of Dune. Um, and he's kind of fighting it or has been fighting mm-hmm. it because he feels like it's going to kind of ruin the, the chance Dune has at having a second movie, let alone more, more than that, um, if it gets released directly to TV.
0: Yeah, this is, like, huge Dune news. Yeah. Because it is, it does kind of hang in the balance. Vianu was kind of like, I don't know, it sounded like he was like, I refuse to do these movies if you don't release them into the theater first. And he was, like, pretty mad about it.
2: So. Yeah, yeah.
0: And understandably, I mean, obviously, I would like it to just be released in the theater. But, or, I don't really care. I mean, it's cool. I feel like... um I liked seeing Wonder Woman um, on my couch. <laughs> and so if people are just kind of casual fans, I I don't know. I feel like it, I'm not sure how it'll all play out, but.
1: Yeah, I mean, I get it. I do get it. I think it'll be fine, you know, and it, we got to do what we got to do as far as COVID goes. But I don't, mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind waiting a little bit longer to be able to see it in the theater personally. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that a theater experience is important. movie like mm-hmm. Wonder Woman don't care as much about. But
0: Yeah, I also fell asleep in the last <laughs> hour and a half of it, so I barely, even, I barely saw any of it, um, yeah. but I was tired, so the sleep was appreciated, <laughs> made the viewing experience pretty good.
1: So did you never go, ever go back and finish it?
0: No, so I guess I'm making a terrible case for <laughs> it being released to HBO Max, if I'm like saying I'm the casual viewer. I'm not. Yeah, I was not <laughs> excited to go back. And I well, <laughs>
1: that's more about Wonder Woman than it is about the release schedule. That's true. Well, that brings us that brings us to movie talk. Then I guess we're gonna go ahead and, yeah. uh, as we usually do, um, jump in to talk about some movies. I'll I'll mi- list some movies that I watched in the past couple of weeks and and uh, talk about one, and you'll pick one. And we'll talk about that one, and then that's vice right. versa.
0: Right. These are our rules. These are our rules. <laughs> Although, I think we've talked about three in the past. Are we moving to one, one and oh, one? Oh,
1: for some reason, I thought we had moved to one, but I don't mm-hmm. know. We can totally do three. I don't care.
0: Yeah, definitely don't need to cut this. My One of my favorite recurring segments is where we litigate <laughs> these rules. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think so, it's the, yeah, I what think... the listeners love it, too.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, again, our email address is sandthepodcast at com. if you'd like to give us specific feedback on these rules. Okay, so yes, we will be reading our lists. Nope, I'm sorry. We don't have to repeat it, <laughs> <laughs> but we will do three. <laughs> okay,
1: okay. we'll do three. Okay. Do you want me to read mine first? Yeah. Okay. These are, this is an off the top of my head since it's been so long since we last recorded. This is just mm-hmm. more recent stuff. So, Clute, In and of Itself, Emma, the more recent Emma, The Silent Partner, The Long Kiss Goodnight, Uncle Buck, Shanghai (laughs) Noon, Ah. (laughs) X-Men Dark Phoenix, and One False Move. I guess I'll start with talking about The Long Kiss Goodnight, which I had not seen... Well, no, actually, I had thought I had not seen it since it came out in the theaters. While watching it, I realized I had never seen it. Oh. Yeah, it's got Gina Davis and Samuel L. Jackson, and it was written by Shane Black. I very much feels like a Shane Black movie, especially because of the Christmas element. Directed by Rennie Harlan, uh, who I'm not usually a big fan of. I've, I feel he's <laughs> kind of like a, a work-for-hire kind of director that just... You know, kind of puts in the the hours and then clocks out. You know, five o'clock mm-hmm. and goes home and doesn't think <laughs> about his job at all. Um, yeah, but uh, I do think that he like did a good job on this movie. I think that this is like probably his 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 best movie that I've seen of his. That includes the second Die Hard movie. Wow, it's it's real fun. It's uh, it's it's yeah, it's like actually holds up. It's still pretty funny. It's got Gina Davis kicking ass. She oh, she gets it. to do lots yes. of ass kicking in it. Uh and she gets to play She's
0: just so tall. <laughs> she is. It's amazing. <laughs> I love it.
1: She is just so tall. Mhm. I mean, there's not much else to say about it that doesn't ruin it. There's lots of twists and turns.
0: Oh, okay. It's it's uh, So what kind of it's like a a hitman movie? Yeah, or? so
1: it's um it's a Almost a born identity kind of movie this woman who is like a uh, a mother uh and married and she kind of has amnesia and she slowly starts to things start to come back to her and she realizes she has all these like abilities of like n- knife throwing and like kicking ass and like kind of comes back to her and she kind of just rediscovers her past cool and why and why she has these abilities mm-hmm. It's fun. Okay,
0: that sounds awesome. Yeah, I've been wanting a movie like that, so that sounds quite good.
1: I watched another movie that I forgot to put on this list that had Liam mm-hmm. Neeson, and it's and it came out last year, and it is very similar plot, and it is a hundred times worse.
0: <laughs> is that the where he's like his son died of heroin overdose or something, and he's an Alaskan ice trucker?
1: No, but I almost watched that one too. Mm-hmm. I did yeah. watch. I did watch the Mads Mikkelsen one where Mads Mikkelsen is Arctic. Mm. It's called Arctic and Mads Mikkelsen is like lost in the Arctic. (laughs) And it's funny because I watched that the whole time thinking it was this Liam Neeson movie where I got it confused somehow. And so the whole movie, I was like, I thought he went back. I thought he like got revenge on these people and he was like going to take a truck and kill all these people. I don't know why I got it confused, but
0: Mads Mikkelsen kind of is Arctic Liam Neeson.
1: (laughs) Yeah, 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 he is.
0: Yeah, which I prefer, I think.
1: Yeah, he's like Liam Neeson but colder.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) A little ice burned on the face. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, great. That sounds cool. So I talked about four
1: movies, but I really.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) You didn't name. Oh, did you name that second one?
1: Yeah, Arctic. Oh, I didn't. No, I didn't name the Liam Neeson, the Polar, Polar Express, or whatever the name of his movie. Either one of those, (laughs) I didn't name them because I couldn't remember.
0: Yeah. Well. Well, okay. Instead, I, you know, so we don't make this five movies. Um, I do first. I do have a question for you after um, the other one. So, uh, I'll just ask you. About um, in and of itself.
1: Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay you hate that. No, because I know I know why you're asking me.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know because we have already kind of talked about it.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. So yes, this is a state like a filmed stage production of this guy whose name is also in the title, and I forget his name. And. I don't want to shit talk this too much because I know a lot of people really like it and it's a very positive right. experience for a lot of people. So I totally get that and I don't want to minimize your positive experience with this. I will also say I watched it. I, I was very tired and in a weird emotional space and I did cry. Mm-hmm. But after the movie was over, I was like, why did I cry with this? This mm-hmm. whole show is a trick and I don't think it's really about anything. The most personal mm-hmm. story he tells is about his mother. He n- never really talks about himself, and he never really answers any of his questions. He just kind of states things as if they're deep, and I don't right. think they're like he he he, he tells that like the blind people touching an elephant story mm-hmm. as if it hadn't been told a million times before. <laughs> yeah,
0: it wasn't like an ancient fable. The
1: best part for me was the close-up magic. <laughs> <laughs> like the card, yeah, the card trick.
0: <laughs> yes. What was that again? He was like doing...
1: He was just showing you like how how he can do his like his shuffling yeah. tricks, how he can like trick shuffle a, a deck and he was really good at it and it mm-hmm. looked cool and he was being honest about its trickery and that's that's... I wanted the whole show to be about this is how... You know, this is me tricking you. This is all a big trick.
0: Right. Well, and it was. It was
1: a big trick. Yeah. That's
0: what... Yeah, it was a big trick, and that's what's annoying about it. Also, I mean, his like kind of like smug attitude the whole time, I really just like could not get on. I really think that I was annoyed that I felt like he was trying to tell me the whole time that he was like really famous and a big success, you know, because I, I watched it because Stephen Colbert, um, you know, produced it. Mm-hmm. And there was like this write-up in The New Yorker. And uh, yeah, everybody was talking about it. Everybody liked it. And then the whole thing is about like how, you know, we all have an identity. Well, people are always like judging you and like assigning you identity words and like that that's all bullshit. But then his whole thing is, "Oh, I'm like this extremely sad person." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like I've been targeted for some reason to be like a marked soul. And then also, I'm so famous and successful that Bill Gates is at my show. And, like, I'm just, like, this big fucking hot shot. <laughs> I was just annoyed. There was a lot. I was just, like, Ugh. this. And also that all of his, like, little emotional manipulation tricks are just, like, card, you know, puns on card tricks. Yeah. Um, that was it.
1: Yeah, I was just, I mean, like, you know, I'll bet you can, I can see getting caught up in something like that. But I... If I were in the audience of that show, and there's a part in the show where he goes and he tells everybody what they, what card <laughs> they picked, whatever. That's not yeah. a spoiler. It's obvious at the beginning of the show that that's how the show's <laughs> gonna end, and people get really emotional about it. But it's so yeah. obviously a trick, and the simplest yeah. explanation is that someone has a, He has an earbud in his ear, and someone's telling him <laughs> what people picked.
0: That's terrible. <laughs> i thought he just like i at least thought he had a really good memory see he could
1: have (laughs) but my and i had this i had this like but i had this long discussion with a friend about this exact same thing (laughs) and i was like yeah he could have watched all the videos at the beginning of everybody picking their card and memorized what Mm -hmm. they did but that would take a very long time and he's got to prep for his show and how long are these people seating that he has time to watch this video and memorize everything it's much more easier to believe that yeah. someone else watched those videos during his show <laughs> and knows where everybody's sitting, and so he, they're just telling him in his ear. Oh, <laughs>
0: that's terrible. I mean, yeah, because all of his tricks could only be really accomplished through just yes. like backstage, you know, stage handship. <laughs> so it was annoying to immediately picture that happening. And be like, what? Like, who cares? And and
1: we can end the conversation (laughs) there, but if anybody wants to email us, I'll spoil all the tricks Mm -hmm. for you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That was a good one. I was like, I was content just thinking he could flip through and, like, could memorize. And maybe even he did have a little inkling, but. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> How could he do that? Because <laughs> people, almost everybody looks at him yeah. like he's fucking God when they do this. Yeah. And they're just like, thank you for seeing me. Ooh. Okay. Oh, wait. First, I wanted to ask what your favorite movie you okay. saw
1: over the Okay. So, um, I, well, I'll say that my favorite movie that I saw is a movie I've seen a million times. That's Thief. But that's not my real answer because I watch that all the time. Uh, great movie love it watch it again Uh, but then my favorite new movie I saw was A Promising Young Woman and I think that's because we we saw that we like rented the theater with some friends and and all watched it it was like a cool get together getting Mm -hmm. to see people from from a long distance with masks on but it was still cool to see people but also just like what a fun movie like yeah that was a really fun movie I really I really liked it I'm not gonna spoil anything I will see If you haven't seen the trailer, don't watch the trailer. Trailer kind of ruins the movie. But if you have seen the trailer, it's okay. Go see the movie. It's (laughs) different than what you think it's going to be.
0: Yeah, I have found it kind of aggravating that everybody is like, it's nothing like the trailer. I was misled. The tone's all different, you know? So, yes, I agree. But it was so fun. I'm so glad we saw it in the theater. That was like really great. But I even rented it again because I liked it so much and watched it on TV. Yeah, super fun. So, so fun. Yeah. That's a great one. Okay, I'll pop, I'll hop into my list. These uh, these are the movies I just watched in the last week or so. Okay. Um, so, <clears throat> I watched Free Solo, What If, Free Britney, <laughs> Gattaca, Candyman, um, The Earrings of Madame Du, and The Little Things. Yeah. I
1: forgot to mention I also watched The Little Things. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> you will have to talk about it. <laughs> yes
0: really bad <laughs> i thought okay i would like to talk about it if you liked it okay so i guess i'll talk about the movie i watched this morning was the earrings of madame Du, which is a film by max offals offals he's mm-hmm. a french director mm-hmm. i think it's um, offals yes. but
1: that's <laughs> just because i've never wanted to say offals i don't know for sure
0: offals yeah because it kind of looks like opals so we'll go with that i thought it was a a wonderful movie I, I was reading some like top 10 lists and almost every one of them had this movie on it so I was like, okay, um, I will watch it. It is extremely good storytelling and that everything ser- serves a purpose. It's based off of a novel. So you know it's uh, France in the belly Pa era. <laughs> I don't know. And uh, there's this woman who's married to a uh, general. She's quite wealthy. And at the beginning of the movie, she's deciding what she wants to sell to pay off her debts. And she sells these earrings. And um, it sets off a cascade of kind of action, drama, romance. (laughs) Also, just, I mean, it's so pretty and the music is so pretty and everything is just really lovely to look at. So, like, watching it with the ice outside and, you know... Morning was quite nice as well. Cool. But, yeah.
1: I have never seen that. That sounds yeah. good.
0: Oh, yeah. It's wonderful. I also, I mean, I <laughs> I, listened to some, I listened to like Paul Thomas Anderson talk about it afterwards, and I think directors really like it just from a, there's a lot of like technical craft that makes it very fun, I think, for people who like watching, you know, who have made movies to watch it because they make a lot of to-do about the camera work And about, like, he does a lot of, like, one shot or one take shots um, that are pretty or like roving. Is it called roving shot?
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, you can, there's lots of things that are called, yeah, that that's called. I know what you're talking Mm about.
0: Okay. Yeah. So that was, it was fun to listen to that perspective as well. Um, So yeah, definitely recommend it. It was wonderful.
1: Cool. And it's on, oh, it's on Criterion and HBO.
0: Yeah. I might end
1: up watching that soon. Nice. Okay.
0: Oh yeah. I guess I'll talk about. Well, <laughs> I do think everybody should watch the free Britney doc because it's. Straight. I'm going to. Yes. <laughs> ah, hell, hell. I'll just talk about that. <laughs> I mean, the free Brit. Yeah, it's it's short. It's just like an hour and fifteen minutes. But man, we just did Britney so wrong. Actually, okay. So that's all I have. To <laughs> I wanted to bring up Candy. <laughs>
1: okay so that's all you wanted to say we did britney wrong yeah moving on
0: we did we really did oh my god and i'm just like i forgot how much i loved her when i was a kid and how like her trauma of like the mid-aughts really kind of made me be confused about her and so i was i had like a big like oh my god i loved britney and what did you do to her kind of moment and then also just how fucking misogynistic our our culture is Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean I've um, I've read lots about it, but I but I'm excited to watch that documentary. So you saw that documentary, you were like, Oh, we treated Brittany so wrong. What did we do to Han Solo? And so you watched free solo. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. The paparazzi would just not <laughs> leave him alone.
1: <laughs> All right, sorry.
0: Which actually they wouldn't leave Carrie Fisher alone. That is so. true. Relative. That is true. Yeah. Um, Okay, so I'll just bring up Candyman real quick because we also got some feedback that maybe like mentioning books we're reading sometimes would be Mm. good. And I'm reading a book, if you like Candyman, I would really recommend this book. Um, It's called My Soul to Keep. And it's just like, it's got the same vibe, I think, as Candyman just because it's like super set in the 90s. It was written in the 90s and the like vibe is super strong. It's definitely more romance oriented than Candyman is, but it's still kind of like talking about some of the same things but yeah it's like a it's a horror novel from the 90s and i'm really loving it
1: cool so you talked about Candyman Mm -hmm. as a segue into talking about this book which i like
0: yes it was a trick it was (laughs) was a a good trick
1: uh that was going to be what i was going to ask you about but i know that you've seen Candyman before because i think we watched it together right yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. um yeah it's so
0: good it is so good it's it's really
1: good yeah uh well then i'm gonna ask about gattaca
0: (laughs) nice (laughs) yeah gattaca so i thought it looked super cool oh yeah it looks so cool like the look of it yeah the world is really awesome but i thought it was really fucking dumb yeah it's so
1: dumb <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i kind of like it because of that like yeah it's uh it's it could have been a really good movie but it's so dumb right
0: like <laughs> Yeah, there's so many glaring plot holes. It does make it fun to watch because you're like, what? Like, <laughs> they have this incredible, like, they rely entirely on DNA, but there's not a global DNA bank. They can't communicate with any, like, I don't know. There's all this stuff that was just like, wait, this feels so stupid and silly. Also, the part where Jude Law has to, like, crawl up the stairs just to make him you know he's like he's wheelchair bound mm-hmm. um in the movie and there's like this big moment of tension <laughs> i guess or it's like will jude law be able to yank himself up the stairs in time um for you know to like cover ethan hawk's ass <laughs> and he does but it's just like why couldn't he have just sat down downstairs
1: <clears throat> oh that's right i remember even that's go downstairs
0: yeah. I was like, okay, maybe it's because he didn't want the wheelchair to even be close to him, but they walked downstairs and, like, it's fine. I don't.
1: (laughs) I I don't remember. I don't remember that scene. I don't. I mean, I remember that scene, but I don't remember the reason why he had to do that.
0: I don't think. I think the reason was just, like, okay, we got to make this, like, a little bit tense. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it was, like, the worst, like, built-in tension like whatever gimmick i think i've ever seen although it did work i was like oh my god is he gonna get there in time
1: (laughs) well molly i'll ask you what was your favorite movie you've seen since we last recorded
0: Ah. yeah my favorite movie was uh my night at mods which i've been in an eric romer been watching his movies lately and it was just a lovely if you like Uh, movies where they just talk a lot actually though it's not even just a talking movie there's like this prolonged have you seen it
1: i've never i haven't seen that one that's what i've wanted to see
0: there's this like really incredible prolonged scene of a guy and this woman in her bedroom and it's like i don't know like the vibe that they create throughout that whole scene is like unlike anything i've ever seen like it's just so like I don't know, somehow it feels really dangerous and like the chemistry is so good and it just brings up a lot. So it's not just like, oh, they're talking about interesting stuff. I'm not sure how he achieved this feeling and it's pretty awesome.
1: That's cool. So I I, I love yeah. that in a movie. I love I love a moment where you're like, I have I have a, a such a strong reaction or feeling about the scene. I can't quite figure out how this movie did it. That's movie yes. magic. So good. Let's uh, dig into the dunes. We're talking about children of the dune, children of the dune, (laughs) children of dune. Children
0: of the dune. (laughs) The one dune.
1: Sounds like a Kansas song. (laughs) All right, well, let's get into it. We have uh, four chapters. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first chapter starts with the uh, words of the Mintat Duncan Idaho, which I thought was kind of cool. I'm assuming Yeah, he's
0: fully transitioned yeah, over he's, to Mintat. Yeah,
1: he's fully transitioned to Mintat, and he's and he's fully Duncan Idaho. I like that he's like gone mm-hmm. ahead and just admitted like okay, yeah, that's my name. I'm I'm Duncan Idaho.
0: He's not hate anymore. Yeah, no
1: longer <laughs> hate. So yeah, we we open this chapter with like a little light dancing around around a room
0: uh uh-huh. It's quite creative. It does feel like a play a bit.
1: Yeah. I, I, yeah, I could imagine this being the beginning of a, of a play. This like little light, mm-hmm. like someone's got a spotlight, like a little spotlight, and they're kind of like uh-huh. just showing you the set.
0: Yeah. And it's like um, the flute or whatever is just going like... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like in the orchestration.
1: Yeah. And then we we find out that it's like a little uh, flashlight, essentially. Uh, the Silgar mm-hmm. has
0: well, yeah. And before we know, it's Stilgar It says that it's like a menacing figure in the doorway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think was important for the rest of the chapter.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. We we find out that he's kind of keeping an eye on Paul's children, Leto and Ganima, and they're nine years old. So we've got another like decade jump essentially since the last book,
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and he's essentially trying to figure out whether or not he wants to kill them.
0: <laughs> yes. He's having a lot of murderous, intrusive thoughts. He yeah. <laughs> can't get them to go away. Yeah, so this is I mean, throughout the chapter he literally is making that decision.
1: He's thinking about kind of like this new way that has become of, you know, Paul's teachings and I, I think not not loving it. He's he he remembers that Jessica's coming back. Right. Which I was I was excited to hear about because that was the one thing that I really missed from the last book.
0: Oh, I know, I was so excited. I like when I saw her name, I underlined it and exclamation point. Yes, (laughs) Jessica.
1: Yeah, yeah, and she's you know there seems to be this mystery about why she's coming back, and it seems a little ominous, which makes sense that they would leave her out of the last book because. It puts more mm-hmm. like weight into her coming back. And, and you know, it, she's had chi- plenty of time to change a lot. So if she, she's had like yes. almost 20 years to change. So that's why it's like probably was important to leave her out of that, that last book.
0: Oh, yeah. It's really cool because the effect is that it was like a total perspective shift. Where now I was at a cool moment where um, when Gurney Halleck, when they first mentioned Gurney Halleck. And I remembered, you know, back in the old times. <laughs> it just felt like, oh, that was so long ago, yeah. you know, in the Duke's castle, <laughs> <laughs> like all everything happening. It really felt like, oh, wow, that was like now an old ancient story. Yeah. <laughs> and time has passed. Like it was very cool. It gave me a cool feeling.
1: Yeah, I agree. Same. Yeah, there's rumors that she has kind of returned to her Benny Gesserit ways.
0: But so yes yeah, so Stilgar is ruminating on this, you know, he's having a lot of doubt about what they've done mm-hmm. and why it's happened and he um, seems to be missing the old ways of the of Arrakis of of Dune.
1: I think they're calling it Arrakis instead of Dune. I think they even yeah. talk about how right, like right, that's right. kind of like the new name that people use.
0: Yeah, that's right. And at first he thinks, well You know, since Paul has died uh, and we have this big religious setup, you know, people are going to be needing a leader and I could be that leader if I kill these kids. So he does have that thought first. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And he is kind of like also in his like, you know, thinking about the kids. He does talk about Leto and how Leto says that he can be his father at any time pretty much. Mm -hmm. And then he's proven this. (laughs) Revealing. like, memories that he wouldn't have been able to have been told by anyone else.
0: So you don't think he does just, like, a really awesome Paul impression?
1: No, I think he has Paul's memories, and so he, like, will pull, <laughs> yeah. like, conversations that Paul and uh, Stilgar had just the two of them and mm-hmm. freak Stilgar out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, whoa, <laughs> who are you? I know, I kept kind of imagining him, like, I don't know, taking on the mannerisms of Paul in moments, and like, mm-hmm. fr- you know, freaking everybody out that way. I'm just being oh, there you are. Oh, we did miss one important line, <laughs> which is that the kids were like not kids because, oh yeah, they had eaten melange, had shared in the CH orgy, <laughs> had probed the desert for sand trout. He just slips the orgy in there, which yeah. I so,
1: I, I I remember when I got to that part, I was like. They don't mean they were out there fucking.
0: <laughs> you don't think that? Well, the
1: spice the spice orgy includes some sex, but like the spice orgy is also like a, uh, uh, you know, uh,
0: an orgy of the mind. Yeah,
1: like someone does spice, everyone does spice, and then someone like takes the most spice, and everyone kind of like shares this like mind bond, and sometimes some mm-hmm. people start fucking.
0: <laughs> okay,
1: that's how okay. I see it. It is weird it is weird this early to mention children in the context of an orgy.
0: Yeah. I mean it's just bold. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> he did just yeah he was like and and in the context of these kids aren't so very young.
1: That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. But he ends up just deciding just just like that he's not going to kill them. <laughs> At least. I not think now. he made
0: probably the wrong decision for himself.
1: Oh yeah. You think he should have killed him?
0: Yeah, I was like, probably should have done it.
1: <laughs> I guess we'll find out as we read this book.
0: Yeah, he chooses loyalty over like his many, I thought he had a lot of good reasons for wanting all of this to end. And this is where we first hear the word abomination.
1: Oh, which we will continue to hear a lot. <laughs> oh, we will.
0: <laughs> Even though every time they say it, I still don't know what they mean. <laughs> they've said it a thousand times and i'm like okay i know what you know generally abomination you know against nature not so good
1: but i feel like so i i I know what you mean even though like abomination means abomination but i do know what you mean like they use it, it they use it it seems like it's a term that you would use just like offhand to refer to someone as like kind of like you would call someone a freak you could say someone was in an abomination but it also seems to be like an official religious term that right. maybe just means like sinner and then i think aliyah like is term? actually labeled an, the abomination uh, uh amongst the yeah. benny jesserit
0: <laughs> mm. yes it's a benny Gesserit term that means something right and i don't know what the meaning is yet because it's capitalized too so it must that's true yeah serve some function yes but Basically, it refers to people who are pre, pre-born.
1: Right, Spite, like pre-spiced right. before birth.
0: <laughs> a little spice before birth, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pre-born was like a crazy term. Was, oh, yeah, I guess they were pre-born. Which makes me think, did were they aware when they were being born?
1: I don't think so. Oh, well, that's a good question because <laughs> the moment they were born, yeah. like, Paul lost his abilities and like he just heard his son like immediately talking to him. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's possible they would remember being born.
0: I would love to ask them about that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we can get him on the show. Yeah, we'll get him on the podcast. Yeah, so that, uh, did you have anything else to say about that chapter?
0: No, I don't think so. Except, well, I did like his one thing where he was talking about like how he missed an uh, an older core that called out to him, pleaded with him for a return to cleaner values. Oh, that he had become a far more subtle person and was aware of things like statecraft. And I just, I always like how he's, how he talks about like what modernity does and like changes and if they are anything positive or if, um, you know, like a a return to just some, Simple living, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's sort of problematic, but also, you know, I appreciate the perspective, I guess.
1: Yeah. It kind of, yeah. it sounds a little uh, make a Arrakis great again. <laughs>
0: well, <laughs> I guess. I think it sounds a little like romanticized. Yes. Uh, yeah. I agree. I the agree. like primitive way, you know.
1: Which verges, which... does verge on a MAGA type.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just always like, I don't know, some guy in a French salon who's like, oh, I think this is like a Picasso thing or something that he was like, oh, well, we have to get in touch with our primitive nature Uh. and um, just abandon, you know, modern rules and whatever. But it was also being pretty like very racist towards other cultures and yeah. So it has a, a hint of that, but I mean, I guess Stilgar is a Fremen. So. Yes.
1: Yes. Well, I thought it was, I thought, I mean, it's a very short chapter as most of these were, mm-hmm. but I thought it yes. was, I, I I liked it as an intro. I mean, it starts with a literal, literal children of Dune. Like we get it introduced to the <laughs> literal children of Dune that are in the title of the book. And mm-hmm. that's a good way to start a book called Children of Dune.
0: Yes. And a bit of a conflict already. Mm-hmm. And a, mm-hmm. So great.
1: Yes. Yes, okay. um, I was excited. Oh. I will say, I, I, I we already said it. I think the mo- the thing that excited me the most was the fact that Jessica's coming back, and I like that. It seems like oh, that's that's the a big deal about this book so far, is that Jessica's coming yes. back.
0: Yes, I will say. So I really liked um, Messiah, but this one had a very strong start, and I do feel like it's more in the groove of the story, where I feel a lot of like already a lot of welcome return to these characters yes. um that I didn't really feel in Messiah felt like I was figuring out everybody kind of anew yeah and this one I'm like oh yeah that's still guard where he'd be now or like yeah so I'm already feeling better about I, I really liked the opening of this whole, yes
1: and we'll we'll get to it but I think that like chapter four was kind of the perfect place to, for us oh, to yeah. end our reading because I felt like that that was the point where I was like oh yeah you now this is a good start to a book like this is i'm feeling good about this
0: yes totally yes the pacing so far is really good yes
1: so then we jump into chapter two which is like breakfast time with auntie alia
0: although first did you read this uh little riddle because i didn't i was kind of like this is um this is a bit of a head scratcher
1: the oh the riddles of arrakis Mm
0: mm-hmm
1: Challenge, have you seen the preacher? Response, I have seen a sandworm. What about that sandworm? It gives us air, we breathe. Then why do we destroy its land? Because Shia Lude orders it.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Sandworm deified. So, yeah. I don't know. Why would the god of sandworms want the land of sandworms destroyed? (laughs) i just don't know
1: i don't i also don't know i also don't know i mean maybe it's just like it's part of its path it's part of its like course it's like that's the way it's supposed to yeah also from what i understand someone eventually becomes a sandworm in this series but (laughs) we don't have to we don't have to like make predictions about future books
0: no no but yes it does sound like yeah there's something a cycle i suppose is happening yes which we are aware of but
1: yes well, yeah. and, and oh. it, the it is interesting though because the the word they use is. Hold on, let me pull up the. And it, and it gets it gets used again. Is the preacher, and right. then that is, Olya and I mean uh uh, uh Ganima and, and Leto are oh, yeah. are talking mention the preacher who, may or may not be Paul.
0: Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it's kind of a like, like just okay. a quick aside where they're like, <laughs> yeah, and then is a, a scared of him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, is on edge in this whole thing. But yeah, I mean, I guess if it is the preacher and the preacher is Paul and he's talking about the sandworm destroying itself, then yeah, it all makes sense. Right,
1: and they, I think the preacher yeah. is also there. There's a preacher in the next uh, entry, or or maybe the chapter four entry. Right. We'll get to it though.
0: Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we're at a, they're just chilling. Oh, they have this like delicious sounding gruel.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? It sounds so, I was like, wow, what? they're eating gruel. Like gruel, the word gruel immediately makes it sound terrible. Yes. I mean, saying gruel makes, is supposed to be unappetizing. And, <laughs> yeah. and it says it's a simple, it's like, it's just gruel Especially with berries, simple right? simple gruel, yeah. And figs?
0: No, it's, oh, well, I suppose I just thought the Dates and nuts oh, were dates. blended in like a milk,
1: oh, okay. or
0: something, and that it was like date nut milk with berries, and I thought that sounded pretty good. And I thought that was the entirety of the gruel because I don't know what gruel by itself is. Well,
1: I always picture just like a watery oatmeal.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, gruel is what they would give yeah. orphans in like Dickensian yes. stories.
0: Yes, so I suppose it is just a few oats and a big vat of water.
1: Yeah, but I I was curious about it because, like, why are these kids eating?
0: They're kings. Yeah,
1: yeah, why are they eating this gruel? But I don't know, it's humbling, I guess.
0: I suppose, I just thought it sounded delicious. It sounded like a nice, you know, yogic meal.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I eat oatmeal almost every breakfast. So it kind nice. of like sounded like that, which is, you know, it's good. I like oatmeal.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, you're kind of tired of it. <laughs> you're like, not even on a racket that I escape oatmeal. <laughs> well, I drink a like banana smoothie every morning. And so this made me want to add dates to it.
1: Ah, dates are good. Mm-hmm.
0: I do love dates.
1: So yeah, they kind of like have the twins talk. Oh, Hara's there, right?
0: Yeah, Hara is now Stilgar's wife.
1: Yeah. And the, the, the twins ask Hara what Aaliyah is wearing, and she says I haven't seen her yet, and they give each other a weird look. And I'm like, "What is going? Like, what is this weird look? What's behind that? Are they Ooh,
0: what do you mean?
1: They You thought what? I just I just want to know like is this like are are they laughing at Hara because she doesn't have prescience? Like, what? Oh. <laughs> what is it? Like, oh, yeah. How was Aaliyah dressed? Ganima asked. I've not seen her. Hara spoke shortly, turning away. Leto and Ganima exchanged a look of shared secrets, bent quickly to their breakfast. Presently, they went out into the Great Central pa- Passage. But are they like, is it because she tw- turned away quickly because she doesn't like Aaliyah? Is like, are they on the outs again?
0: Well, they do seem to feel complicated about Aaliyah. Well, definitely. Um, they, yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, and she feels complicated towards them too.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> but yeah, I at first though Lido does say, "Hara, if you were but younger and not already Stilgar's yeah. wife, I'd make you my own." Just a long line of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe he's speaking from Leda, you know, Paul's perspective. Yeah, but...
1: maybe so. I also feel like he's just like has that older because he's got the memories of so many different people and he was like kind of like old, mm-hmm. you know, a, 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 a old person at heart or whatever. He's just like trying to be kind of charming, but it's super creepy coming from a yes, little this Yes, I think he
0: Yes, he's, <laughs> and This like fourteen year, or nine year old kid. He says Little Yeah, he is totally putting on like an old charming yeah. king thing. <laughs> so weird Yeah, and she kinda takes it like a a charming king
1: and uh i love because these twins are immediately creepy in this book and i love yeah
0: they're so creepy. yeah
1: because they have like whatever memories of thousands of years back but the curiosity of children <laughs> but they immediately start talking to each other in a twin language but it's not a twin language that they invented it's a it's an ancient language that they just know from their memories <laughs> <That's> so cool <laughs>
0: Yeah, true freaks. <laughs> At least they have each other. There was one point where, like, they were like, "Can we not? Uh, yeah, don't make us act like babies again." And I was like, "Oh, they had to act like babies."
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like they were like, "Oh, which, we got to do yeah. the baby thing again,"
0: <laughs> which is almost creepier than like a baby a baby who has like eternal knowledge that had to act like a baby. Mm-hmm is creepier to me than just a baby with eternal knowledge talking.
1: Well, so I do get the feeling that as babies, they probably were aware they were acting like babies, but I don't think they were like, well, we could walk around and just act like a regular adult. I think they were just like... (laughs) No, because it suggests that they have... The memories are an advantage to them, but they can't really make their memories useful until they can experience... Yes. life like up to that point like to where the, that memory makes sense to them so I feel like if they're oh, babies yeah, yeah. they don't have like the motion control to like you know or focus or whatever to act like <laughs> humans and like talk like humans
0: okay well I guess maybe it was just because Stillgar said that Leto could like behave like yes, Paul yes. Um, yeah. as an infant Um, so I was like okay like where's the line here I did really like that concept that they couldn't like, fully understand until they lived yes. it. Like, even though they had, like, all this knowledge.
1: Yeah, just adding to the, like... Experience
0: would help, like, click it. Yeah,
1: adding to the mythology of this, mm-hmm. like, ability to have the these these memories.
0: Yeah, and, like, meeting Jessica would, like, trigger a bunch of memories or, like, maybe bring them into a different, I don't know, like, bring about change somehow.
1: Oh, the one one other thing I wanted to talk about, because they mentioned the, you know, the preacher that's wandering around Arrakis... And that
0: mm-hmm.
1: it might be Paul. They do say that he's speaking heresy.
0: Right, right. Which is interesting. yeah. So there's this preacher, like you know, God. Maybe Paul is just like an addict to jihad. <laughs> and he's he just, trying like, to like to start another. He's trying to
1: start another <laughs> jihad. Maybe so. I mean, I think that like yeah, and just... he re- does regret like becoming a deity, and he's probably if if it yeah, is he's going he to, to, like he to do it again. Sounds like he
0: wants to do it again.
1: Maybe so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's trying to get a following, I and mean, why would he be a preacher? I don't that's know. that's he's a good like point. A, it is a, a preacher. It eater. is a
1: preacher. Um, yeah. But if he's it's preaching anti-religion, like anti-religious thoughts, it could just be that you know that's why they call him preacher because he's like True. going against the. I mean, it's not the church, but you know the word of Paul.
0: Yeah, he's not just like a hitman, you know, called the preacher <laughs> right. because he wears a cross. <laughs> <or whatever. Right. laughs> um, um, I do like when Alia says Aaliyah says. Irulan agrees with me, because I just, I don't know, I'm excited that earlon's kind of back in the fold. Yeah. It sounds like casually.
1: Yeah. I didn't like, I, I kind of like, one of my least favorite things about Messiah was like this like, just yeah. shift to earlon being just a bad person. And I like that <laughs> yeah, they kind kinda of like- kind of
0: dumb too. Yeah, it,
1: it was kind of dumb and like, just like an easy narrative trick it felt like. Um, mm-hmm. But I like that she kind of has come back and I, I hope that they, you know, that he- rounds her out a little bit better well and i
0: guess the easy narrative trick was pit women against each other yeah, yeah
1: true <laughs> so
0: i am kind of a, a fan of that being over oh is this, oh,
1: the, yes, line this is the line you were talking about today of, yes. all, yeah, today of all days
0: <laughs> today of all days we will not pretend to be simpering infants <laughs> how many days do you have to do that <laughs>
1: Yeah, this is this is Aaliyah just kind of like freaking out about Jessica coming back and wanting mm-hmm. the twins to act more normal, like normal kids. Mm-hmm. And I think we find out a little bit later why why she might want them to act a little bit more normal.
0: Yeah, another cool thing they brought up was this this like idea that some of the ancient people that are like the memories they have access to, like maybe they don't have access to everybody's And they like or even every person and that like maybe that person has agency over Mm. like what, you know, like this ancestor can either like provide can either speak to them through their memories or not. It was like they're alive. It was kind of cool. Yeah. Oh, and then even later, Leto says um, that Jessica's memory within him urges. So I do think the ancestors are kind of like very active and I like this idea that maybe sometime down the line there might pop up this ancestor <laughs> that's like been hiding. Yeah,
1: I like that. So that's one of the cool things about it is that these ancestors that they have in their memories can only be the versions of themselves that they would have known at that time. So like if Jessica has like kind of changed her ways and become kind of the a, a evil Benny Jazzard again. The ancestor that's within the the twins would be the Jessica that we knew from the book Dune. So that would be the ancestor that's that's speaking to them.
0: Oh, don't you think? So you mean at the time of birth?
1: Yeah, or at the time, yeah, at the time that they became whatever. Yeah, well, they were born. They were born and when they inherited all of that
0: shit. Exactly. Right. Yeah, I do think that's probably true, because like otherwise. I don't know. It's it's still a little fuzzy to me how all this stuff works. But they do make a point later about, like, how people who are still alive, that's why they don't have prescience or something, like, over people who are still alive. Because, like, those people still have free will to make choice.
1: Mm.
0: Right? Like, and the decisions aren't yet made.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, so then we get... uh the word abomination thrown out like ten times
0: yeah so many times
1: who knows abomination better than <laughs> abomination
0: <laughs> me an abomination
1: and then the Benny Gesserit Azar book says it is with reason and terrible experience that we call the preborn abomination for who knows yeah. what lost and damned persona out of our evil past may take over the living flesh
0: ah uh, see that's the thing like it is like it's like a two way street, kind of, because it's like the twins are a, a portal, kind of, for all these <laughs> like dead people to come through.
1: <laughs> Maybe so.
0: Potentially, that's how the Benny Gesserit see it.
1: Well, well, her mother's eyes observe what we have observed, and why not? Yes, that what that could be what Aaliyah fears. So that's actually a question of like, so because Jessica became, whatever, adopted these memories when she mm-hmm. took the spice, the children were born after that, is she still going to be able to see what the children have seen since then?
0: Right. Okay, yeah. yeah. Or are they like, saying, are they does she have the ahead? same
1: memories that we have, or did she lose them when we were born as well? I just don't know which one they're uh, yeah. asking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> TVD. I also don't know what the twins think. Um, like, they seem to think Aaliyah's in danger, doesn't, like, recognize what Jessica's coming there for, mm-hmm. and they have an idea. But I don't think I understood. I I feel like I don't know what their idea is yet, except that maybe Jessica's coming to kill her.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe so. I Yeah, I don't know exactly what Aaliyah's specifically afraid of Jessica for.
0: Yeah, but the twins are also, like, how did... She doesn't seem to realize, like... Oh yeah, because they say I pity her. They seem to have an idea about um what was like waiting for Aaliyah and Aaliyah wasn't getting it and they felt sorry for her.
1: I don't believe this abomination nonsense. So I guess I I guess that's in like it's intentionally obtuse, right? Like we're 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 not supposed to yeah, know what they're is. talking we're about. We're not supposed okay. to know. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. I think it is it's like a cliffhanger.
1: Yeah and then they say that like Aliyah has taken the spice trance and they haven't
0: Yeah. They don't want to. And they don't
1: want to. They're trying they're you know, they're trying to avoid it more mm-hmm. as much as they can. Oh yeah, and Aaliyah's...
0: I guess what?
1: Well, because Ganima says, "Why does she choose this time to come back" in reference to Jessica, and Aliyah says, "Is it possible she merely wants to see her grandchildren?" And Ganima thought <laughs> That's what you hope, my dear aunt, but it's damned well not likely. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) What a fool. God. Um, These kids would be so much to handle. Um, Although they do seem kind of sweet. Yeah. In their way.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think I'm going to grow to like them. They're just like immediately creepy. And I mean, I like that about them. Mm -hmm. I like that like Mm -hmm. this book starts off with these like creepy kids. (laughs) They're
0: so creepy. Well, yeah. Okay, is this vice trance so that they can have a premonition? Is that like why Aaliyah so did that's it? That's why.
1: That So, this is what I think. I think that Aaliyah can know. Aaliyah is upset that she never got the prescience that Paul got, that she can't see the future the right. way that Paul could. And she thinks that Leto will be able to. I mean, we get into this in, more in the next chapter. Oh, because,
0: yeah, the the boys.
1: Yeah, L- Leto is, is essentially Paul now. Mm-hmm. And so she wants to get Leto to take the spice trance i know this is this is this is more chapter three business
0: yeah all right we can yeah we'll jump it we'll jump to anything yeah. else with this one the line the past is no farther away than your pillow is pretty cool
1: <laughs> yeah sleep that's where i'm a viking um
0: <laughs> my true self
1: <laughs> yes yes i think so
0: oh there is a sad moment oh and in, you know where Aaliyah says if my mother were less complex, neither of you would be here nor I. I would have been her firstborn in none of this. Mm-hmm. So Aaliyah always very self-aware. Yeah, And it was like, oh, yeah, I guess Aaliyah would have been. Like, you know, I kind of forgot for a minute that Jessica had, you know, obviously made the choice to have a boy. And that Aaliyah herself was probably meant to be first in like the cosmic sense. Yes. Yeah. And she does seem wounded from that.
1: She's also like uh, I mean, in a way these are kind of like the new Aliyahs, right? Like I think that there might be this jealousy. <laughs> yeah, they like, are. She she was oh, yeah. she was the like the, the creepy kid and now there now there's two mm-hmm. of them.
0: Well and in a narrative sense, she should be jealous of them because she's now kind of um superfluous. Yeah, she's not or a special. Don't really need her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we are kind of like, well, okay, I guess you probably could get killed off. Although I hope she doesn't because I am invested in her in Duncan, Idaho. Yes.
1: Well, yeah, we got to get more into that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and then I guess the twins also say that, and I don't know exactly what they're the talking team. about, but they essentially are calling Aaliyah like more of a monster than Jessica and Paul, who also took the spice trance, but- they think mm-hmm. that they're less of less monsters because Aaliyah had not been able to establish a personality before the spice trance, right? Which is kind of a <laughs> yeah. mean thing to say. It's really harsh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially if you're talking about yeah, like if they're like, well, I guess she is kind of an abomination because she doesn't have a soul. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. So yeah, that brings us to to chapter three, where we switch to kind of the POV to. To Aaliyah, and that's where she's kind of plotting about. She wants Leto to take the, the spice trance, and I feel like he, she's saying this because of two things. She wants to, I think she wants to kind of like use the twins' prescience abilities, mm-hmm. like like kind of live through them, like, cause she couldn't, mm-hmm. you know, be able to see the. They're future. like
0: the little horses on her carriage. <laughs> Into <laughs> the future. Yeah,
1: I I meant like kind of vicariously living through them. You know, she doesn't wow. have the ability to see mm-hmm. to be prescient, but I also think part of it is that she wants Paul back. Like, if he were to take the spice trance, I think he would become even more Paul, right? Because he has essentially mm-hmm. got Paul inside him. So I think if he took the spice trance, maybe that would be he would be more like Paul, and she would kind of have Paul back in his life. I'm not sure if that's the case though.
0: I mean, she also yeah, she definitely does seem like lost. Yeah. A little bit and uncertain and yeah that she doesn't have the help of the future I mean she says at one point like if I don't know the future I could fail mm-hmm. and it does seem to me that she just really wants that power um I did feel for her at the beginning when she like she was like she had the compulsion to to confide in the twins and she didn't and it was sad yeah I was like why not maybe you should beg their help <laughs> <laughs> Aw, well, they are like her siblings. Yeah, totally. Kind of. Wait, are they her niece and nephew?
1: Yeah, they're yeah because she's Paul's yeah. sister. Yeah, I, I love that we get, uh, this is the chapter where we find out that with Jessica will come Gurney. Uh, I know. And that there's a rumor. <laughs> they might
0: be fucking. That they're lovers, <laughs> yes. That they're lovers.
1: Very exciting. Yeah,
0: what a twist. They've come a long way.
1: Yeah, and then I love that like, Ali is like, well, what if Gurney found out that uh, we're Harkonnens?
0: <laughs> yeah, you will not be happy about that.
1: You know, Gurney, <laughs> yeah, those Harkonnens, not a fan. <laughs> not a fan.
0: Yeah, I wonder if, like, maybe even Gurney's initial sort of repulsion from Jessica, like, it makes sense that he's like repulsed and attracted. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yes, it is like the Harkonnen in her. I think, yes, yeah. uh, driving Gurney wild. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> probably so. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh man, I'll bet he wrote some good songs about her.
0: Oh man, yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Both, I'm sure. Sh- yeah. Woo! I would love to hear some of those songs.
1: Uh hopefully we'll get some. Yeah, so yeah, I think most of this chapter is like Aaliyah talking about how she wants to lure Leto into a spice trance and then she's still afraid of Jessica. And then we get like a brief mention of Duncan, which
0: yeah, I know. It sounded like they also just kind of had like um, morning table talk about all of this, mm-hmm. and Duncan gave like his his perspective, and I liked that. Like I was like, oh, they're like sitting at the breakfast table, and Duncan's using his mentat ways to like, you know, they're just kind of mulling over the situation. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, cute. they're having
1: their gruel. Yeah, but yeah, uh, and Duncan thinks that Jessica's come back to take control of the twins for the sisterhood.
0: Right. Which was a theory already thrown out, right?
1: But it seems it's it's it seems to be the popular theory based on. I hope yeah. so.
0: I think that's a good theory. Um,
1: I hope it's more yeah. than that. Okay. <laughs> I want there to be like layers to this.
0: You know, I guess all I was saying is that I hope she's not coming and to torture and kill Aaliyah because she like I don't know is a Benny, you know, now totally a Benny Gesserit... Because Aaliyah also the way she talks about, but yeah, again, Aaliyah has a, one of those monologues like she had uh, in the in Messiah where she curses the fact that she was an Atreides mm-hmm. and just wants to be a normal girl.
1: Uh, Aaliyah saw nothing strange in loving and hating her mother simultaneously.
0: Right, a classic. Yes, you know, teenage yes. girl. Yes,
1: very much. <laughs> Although, how? Wait, Daughter. she's in her twenties now, right?
0: Oh, I guess she is. Yeah. Was she? Yeah, she'd be in her 20s. I think she's like 22, 23. She does make her sound like a deadbeat mom a little bit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, Jessica? Yeah. Well, she did. She she abandoned her. She sent her a letter. She did totally <laughs> abandon
0: her. <laughs> she does seem to just be like chilling on Caladan. Yeah. They all call her like the self-exile. I mean, she sounds like she retired. She's yeah. <laughs> just having like a really nice time with Gurney. Yeah.
1: So. Did you have anything else about that chapter?
0: Oh, just that the mention that Paul was one lifetime too early. Have we heard that before? Wait, what was it? That Paul was one lifetime too early? Yeah. For the Kwietsatzarag? Yeah, I think
1: that that's I, I think that's mentioned in Messiah about how like some mm-hmm. the 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 Beny sisterhood kind of believes that paul came too early and that's why they were caught off guard like the the quits came too early because they were expecting it to be a mm. little a little bit later so they could be more prepared and con- and control
0: if if alia wants if she thinks that paul will come back through leto then maybe i don't know if he could like turn into the Quitsat outside oh like a new one trans. yeah <laughs> probably not but possible possible okay okay so then we get to this fun like James Bondesque. <laughs> yes. <laughs> evil villain very scene. Very Bond, <laughs> very
1: Bondesque. Yeah. Yeah, we <laughs> we meet the uh L- Laser Tigers which Yes. Or Laza, I don't know how it's pronounced, but uh on my audiobook it's pronounced with a British accent and so they say Laser uh-huh. Tigers. And I thought they were saying Laser, Laser Tigers. And so when I first listened to that, I was like, "That's weird that they're called laser tigers. That seems like a really lazy sci-fi name."
0: Yeah, yeah it, well, it wouldn't even be that surprising since he's used laser, lase, gun. laser, yeah, so exactly, poorly, exactly, yeah. like clunkily in the past. I was like, "Okay, God, you need to never use a laser <laughs> again." Laser tigers, <laughs> laser tiger. Your audiobook is in a British accent the
1: guy the guy that reads it is yeah has a British accent Mo- nice. most of the people, most of the characters have a British accent which is weird because I don't mm-hmm. you know it's an, not a British book but
0: I think it's kind of the universal language yeah. I can't imagine them having just a straight up American well accent. I think
1: it's supposed to sound more regal I think is the right main reason so yeah we we meet these laser tigers Laza. Laza yeah. do you think it's Laza?
0: Uh, no, I mean, if you, I, I just prefer a long A. It Laza. definitely
1: makes it sound less like laser tiger. So I'm on board <laughs> yeah. with calling them Laza tigers. Okay, cool. And they are different than regular tigers. And one of the main reasons is they have this thing in their brain that lets. Right. That's a big one. <laughs> yeah. They're like tiger drones. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. They're pretty them. much
0: exactly like tigers, yes. except they have like a control center in their brain yeah
1: um and they are currently being controlled by this levinbrek uh mm-hmm. which uh is a i looked i looked up levinbrek and oh good uh it's a military title that is given to an aide of the bashar which we you know they they call him the levinbrek of of a bashar uh, and Levenbrek means life-breaker. It's a combination of Dutch and German. Damn. Pretty hard. The life-breaker. Life
0: <laughs> Pretty
1: hard. And then a Bashar is a Sardaukar rank equal to mm-hmm. about a colonel, according to the mm-hmm. uh, Dune Wiki. Uh, and Bashar is an Arabic proper name that means bringer of glad tidings. And I don't know where they get this, but the Dune wiki suggests that it's it's possible that the over time since this real meaning of this word just shifted uh to, you know, the period that Dune happens, the meaning shifted to winner of battles.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't know who made that decision. I don't know. It sounds like it kind yeah. of makes sense, but I feel like they're they're doing a lot of extra thinking. What was the
0: original meaning? It was bringing bring of bringer breath, of like glad good, tidings of good tidings. Yeah, good tidings. Oh, okay. Yeah, glad tidings.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: All right. Yeah, maybe.
1: But yeah, he's got this like he's got this radio that's telling him like yeah. he, he he comes upon these children these children playing.
0: Well, yeah, we see it and it yeah just it seems like there's like they're sitting in. You know, one of those <laughs> like there's a mountain and jutting out of the mountain is like a glass cylinder, <laughs> like kind of a spaceship looking thing. And it's like a control center. And they're watching this, uh, these tigers and these kids like um, crawling over rocks and stuff. And it's like, a, you know, a simulation, like a training ground. That's how I pictured it.
1: Oh, see, I pictured it is because he says he sees the camera. So he's like. This is a this is a real okay. hunt that he's testing this you know he's testing these tigers out to see if they're good hunters. Mm-hmm. Um and they they are the best that they've seen so far. And <laughs> yeah. I think it's like a real they have like a little drone that's following them and, and videotaping it and sending the signal back to uh that cylinder castle or whatever yeah.
0: i was just getting yeah i was just getting that like you know it just felt like i guess in the incredibles yeah you know that island yeah yeah
1: yeah oh yeah yeah we we totally forgot to mention that uh, this this mm-hmm. takes place this is on secundus Salus which i was so uh-huh. psyched to read i was like yes yes secundus all
0: right we made it yes
1: it sounded yeah, like such a dangerous place it was i set up so much in the first book that i was like Yeah. Kind of upset that it didn't show up more in the first book, but I was psyched to see it. Oh, yeah. But yeah, he sends those tigers to go kill those children and and, uh, they let them eat the kids.
0: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're excited about it. Best I've ever seen. Yeah. (laughs) Let them finish. They did well. Yeah. So, yeah, those kids were supposed to be like the Dune kids, right? Yeah,
1: they're just practicing on these kids. They yeah. found two kids yeah, and kids. see if these kids will be good ki- kid killers.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. And they are, and they are,
1: and then send them away <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then you know we find out that he's being watched by uh, Faridin, grandson of Shaddam the Fourth. Yes, yes. Who wants the throne?
0: Who's coming back for revenge?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Boom boom boom. His rightful. He wants his rightful place, the center of the universe perfect villain. Yeah.
1: I love it. I love it. I love yeah. like meeting these creepy twins and then meeting these creepy tigers that are bred to kill creepy twins.
0: <laughs> bred to kill t- creepy twins. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Although like so what in their br- why do they need the control center in their brain if they're already good killers?
1: Well, th- so they'll do what they're told, but that's the thing is that it seems like what he's doing is he's like if I just let them go, will they naturally go kill these kids? Because he can control oh, them, right, and that's right, why right. he, when he like flips that switch on his chest, he kind of hovers his hand over another switch right. because he'll call them mm-hmm. back if they try to kill him. You know, because yeah, you know, what better meal is there than the one right next to them? They could just like kill him if they wanted to, if they thought they were free to.
0: Okay, this is helping because I was kind of like, "Ooh, these tigers are getting dangerously close to computers."
1: Right. Right. It says like it was a bro- mechanical device like this- inside their brain, and I'm like,
2: hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds a little bit like we're talking about robots here. Yeah. But okay, so yeah, I guess it is still a little bit more mechanical, and it's more like prompting mm-hmm. rather than direct. You know, like oh, these are just uh, like I'm t- I'm in the tiger's head, like using it as like a little remote control, right? Exactly. Device. Yeah, yeah. like
1: he can control the tigers, but not so, you know, I-, I guess not so succinctly that he could control them to kill these kids, but they have been yeah. bred to kill these kids or re- or trained to kill these kids. To
0: be twin 20 yeah. <laughs> yeah. and
1: So that's why they're excited when he releases the Switch that they just naturally go and eat these kids.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> They've got the hunger.
1: And then like, I just yeah. imagine... <laughs> Everyone back at the castle that's watching this video just being like, "Oh man, imagine that was Paul's kids! Oh, that'd be so cool! Can't wait for that to happen."
0: Yikes! Yeah, it's like Houston when the spaceship lands or something. And they're all just like, Woo-hoo! "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we did it!" Pretty terrible because it is kids, and they were just watching these kids get ripped.
1: Right? Up, exactly. But... These like innocent children <laughs> that probably did absolutely nothing aren't anybody oh i'm sure we don't know anything about them yeah. except for they're like laughing and they point at the tigers
0: oh yeah i forgot <laughs> that right before they kill it they have the kid laugh yeah. like it's having the best time he's
1: like yeah. laughing and then they see the tigers and then like they point and i thought someone <laughs> was gonna intervene but no this tiger just like eat them immediately
0: <laughs> oh my god yeah i was like okay <laughs> cruel <laughs> yep so a fun setup yeah got some some evil things on the way
1: yep i'm 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 excited about this one like i said i this one got yeah i think you mentioned too that i think this like starts out a little stronger than messiah
0: yeah it definitely does i was like i don't know just everybody was behaving in a way that i found recognizable Mm -hmm. there were already all these fun things he set up like um yeah i don't know what jessica's what, why is Jessica coming? Yeah. <laughs> they asked that like a zillion times, and I am curious now. Why is she coming? And I, yeah, I, I don't know. I just feel like he's in the flow. Yeah. And I dig it.
1: I'm, yeah, I'm very excited about it. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, I am assuming we're going to do four more chapters after this. Yeah. And then we might have to, if these next four chapters are as short as these last four chapters, right. we might have to <laughs> yeah. expand on the number of chapters we did because that was a, short short little chunk of the book Mm
0: -hmm.
1: do you have any final thoughts oh we should mention we mentioned this on the the preview episode but we will remind everybody that we would love to hear from you um Mm -hmm. be it our uh sand the podcast at gmail.com email address you can email us there or uh visit us on uh instagram at sand the podcast on instagram Mm mm-hmm and also please uh, like and subscribe all the good stuff that you do for podcasts you like. And uh, we hope you mm-hmm. like this one enough to give us the 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 dream, five stars. <laughs>
0: the dream <laughs> yeah, give it to us. Yeah, man, that is the dream. So
1: how should we end this?
0: Um I guess we could sing the friend. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> absolutely just kidding i think we should just end by like screaming not screaming but yelling abomination oh
1: we absolutely should (laughs) yeah all right okay do you want to do the countdown
0: so no because i when you say until next time okay
1: okay so i'll I'll say until next time and do the countdown okay until next time abomination (laughs)
0: Hey y'all! Thanks again for listening to the episode. Uh, Quick announcement: Uh, As you may know, Texas had a pretty major winter storm last week that threw us all for a loop, to say the least, um, including our recording schedule. So we'll be releasing our next episode, episode two, where we'll be discussing uh, chapters five through eight of *Children of Dune*. Not next Friday but a week after that. And then after that, it'll be every week, so uh, we'll be back to a regular release schedule. But, yep, we're just going to be skipping a week to catch up. So thanks for your patience, and keep doing what you doing.